It's 10 after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the third and final hour of the show. Um, for our municipal watch today, we are focusing on the Gopanong local municipality. It is a municipality out in the free state. And of course, as we have seen uh, the pattern of many other municipalities in the country, it's faced with very difficult challenges, not least among them being around including the financial viability of the municipality as things stand. Um, workers in that municipality have had uh, their salaries paid late. Um, as a result of these financial difficulties, the state of service delivery also being very poor. And one such example of some of the lapses in, in service delivery was the Yachasfontein disaster uh, that took place a little earlier this year. Well, to be part of this conversation, Dizezo Matlazi, who is the Samu Provincial uh, Secretary in the Free State. Dizezo, good morning. All right, it looks like we don't have Dizezo yet. Silo uh, Ditebe is the spokesperson for the Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. Silo, good morning. Good morning to you, Kathy, and the listeners. We also have Zolile Lobe, who is uh, the acting municipal manager at the municipality. All right, I understand that uh, we're still working on getting him on the line. I'll let you know as soon as he's been connected. And Tsepiso Ngubeni, who is one of the residents uh, from Yachasfontein. Tsepiso, good morning. Morning, ma'am. Tsepiso, I think I will start with you as somebody who is a resident within the Kopanung local municipality and ask you to give us a sense of what it is that you have been through as a community. Um, of course, we all know about the tragedy that hit Yachasfontein recently and how residents are still trying to piece their lives together after uh, the collapse of that mine dam. Yes, ma'am, I'm listening. So if you can just tell us what you as residents have been going through. Ma'am, let me talk about the affected families mm. who were affected by the demo burst. Uh, it hasn't been easy for us because presently we are displaced. We are not staying at our homes. We were given what is called the temporary, uh, what is it, temporary accommodation. We are there until the end of December. We don't know what is going to happen afterwards, and that is creating a little bit of an anxiety. Hello? I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you, Tepiso. Yes, ma'am, it's creating a little bit of an anxiety. So most of us presently have got a... Uh, lawyers who we have uh, requested to assist us in this matter concerning talking to the mine because we would like the mine to recognize that we did not only lose houses we also lost homes and in those homes we had a different uh, furniture we had objects we had uh, mementos we had memories that we were left for by our parents who had already passed away. And during that uh, sludge dam burst, a lot of people, uh, some of them got injured. There are lives that were lost. 
some had to go through psychological uh, affects and they were affected. And then uh, we wanted the mind to recognize that. They should not only talk when they talk to us, they should not only talk about houses. They should talk about everything that actually we want to discuss with them so that they should know that what happened on the 11th of September changed a whole lot of our lives. And, and, and Sabiso, the alternative accommodation that you have been provided with, where is it? What is the state of that accommodation? And let me respond in this manner because as families, we are given accommodation in different places. But most of us are still in Jagasfontein. There are houses that people who have got two houses, others are left houses by their parents who have passed away, something like that. And those are the houses that were given or uh, supplied for temporary accommodation. The one, let me talk about the one that I'm using. We have two families in the house. More or less when we are together, it will be 11 people in that house. And then, but the house is clean. It has got running water. It has got electricity. Therefore, for now, we are saying we are thankful and grateful because now we've got a place where we can stay. But it still is not home. We all want something to be done so that we can get back to our houses, so that we can get our uh, lives going. It's a lot that you as residents have had to deal with. Have you had time to try and go back to before this disaster happened and understand the, 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 the link between what happened and the state of service delivery and the extent to which this disaster could have been prevented. Do you as a community feel that there was anything that could have been done um, to ensure that this disaster doesn't happen? And there's a lot that could have been done, that the disaster could not have happened. It has got nothing to do with the municipality as such. It has got to do with the mine. If only the mine had listened to the community, as the community were asking, and actually there are those among us who have got experience about mine issues, who were telling them that this uh, dam is going to be a danger to the community. Can you do something about it? And then in the times that uh, followed, there were leaks in that dam, and people were saying to the mine management, look at these leaks, this can be dangerous to the community. But they didn't listen. And in the, in the end, the 11th of September happened. All right. I want to bring into the conversation, the conversation rather, Disezo Matladzi, who is Samus Provincial Secretary. Disezo, as, as a union, what is your view in terms of the state of uh, this municipality? <coughs> Yes, is it good? No, it's still good morning. In, in, in our view is some um, about Copan municipalities that the municipality is uh, at a state of collapse. 
and it's, it's a financial and a bankrupt municipality. Um, one of the areas that you can judge that the municipality or conclude that the municipality is a state of bankruptcy is unavailability of payment of salaries and third parties that involve municipalities. And not only third parties that are on the side of the employer, but both because remember, as an employee, salary goes deducted from a, a portion of your salary got deducted for your pensions, your medical aids, and so on. And that money, which is part of your salary, has to be paid over to third parties, your pensions, your policies. And that is also not paid over, which constitutes a corruption on, on itself, because you can't deduct a, a portion of my salary and you are unable to pay it over. So the the the, the only part of the salary that goes to the, the employees is the one that is uh, uh, not deducted. And even so, we have been experiencing a, a very poor performance on that because uh, workers will go for a month without their salaries or two. From September, the salary of September was paid in October. The October salary was paid in on November. Okay. The in December now, the November salary is not yet paid. So, hello? Uh, hi, Tisetso. I'm listening to you. Oh, I heard somebody talking. Yes, I, I don't worry. I think we'll, we'll close the lines. It's just some of our other guests that are part of this conversation. All right. Okay. No, it's fine. So there is a situation that we uh, are experiencing uh, as workers. So we are affected uh, as, as employees. We are affected by poor service delivery on the other side. We are affected by non-payment of salaries. And some of the workers... Uh, have to travel from their area to the office for, for, for to perform their duties. So that's the, 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 the frustrations that workers are experiencing. And our view is that the, the poor uh, uh, leadership is also affecting that municipality because when you come in as a, a, as a political leader in a, an environment where there are difficulties, you need to implement precautionary measures to ensure that you you resuscitate the institution. But instead, you have a political leaders who are reckless in the process because uh, since they are incoming in the office, given the problems that are faced with the municipalities, they continue to employ new employees in the same financial striking municipalities. They've rearranged the uh, organizational structure to put new additional position in a financially striking municipality. So uh, for for that municipality to survive, you need, need financial uh, uh, injection. But that financial in, uh, injection in that municipality needs trade a, 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 a supervision from 
both the province and national the, uh, government. Mm. Because you can inject $2 billion in that municipality. But with the current leaders who are in there, that money will be useless because they will be misusing that money and look for other things that are irrelevant uh, in that situation. Right. The other part is the influence or intervention of the politicians in administration. Because at some point, workers are unable to perform their work because of political interference and influence. To a point where even workers approach the mayor to tell the mayor that give us space to do our work. Because where a credit policy has to be implemented, there will be an interference. So workers are unable to do their work there. So that's the unfortunate part we have. You can employ many people there. You can send people from national in that municipality. But with the current financial state of that municipality, All right. you, you cannot uh, change the situation. All right, Diseto, Diseto, I'm, 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 I'm going to ask you to pause it there. I'm going okay. to ask you to pause it there. I want to give an opportunity to come in Zolile Lobe, who is um, the acting municipal manager at the Gobanong local municipality. Zolile, perhaps you can give us uh, uh, an idea of how this municipality found itself with these financial problems in the first place, especially as the acting um, financial accounting manager there? Uh, good, good day, Cassie, and good day to your listeners. I, I hope I'm audible that right. Yes, we can hear you, uh, Zolile. Go ahead. Okay. Look, uh, one, first things first, we must be honest and acknowledge that the challenges of Kokonon local municipality are mostly legacy issues. And look, sometimes it will, it will be convenient for us to begin to pinpoint issues here and there, but issues there are historical and, like I'm saying, legacy issues. One, if, 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 if you have an idea about Copan and local municipality, you'd realize that it, it, it's at one of the poorest of the districts of the free state province, but equally the country in, in, uh, in general. Kopano local municipality is made up of nine uh, uh, towns, historical towns, in the southern free state, which relatively no tax base at all. So we are faced with a situation where you have the community that is not in a position to pay for their, their, their rate, and the, that is the basic source of income for the municipality then we don't have any established business. Yes, there are uh, opportunities there that we have begun to identify uh, through the process of local economic development, and we are saying that this can be anchored to, 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 to boost the economy there. Copan and local municipalities, like most municipalities in the province, and I think nationally, have been solely reliant on grant allocation from national government that's why uh, most of the time you see a pattern of fluctuations wherein uh, the municipality is able to fulfill their financial responsibilities only at, uh, around the times where distribution of the equitable share would be made to the municipalities. Now, 
what 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 did the province uh, do about this? Let's uh, talk for the first time in Kopanu. We we went in through an intervention uh, in line with section 154 of the constitution. Section 154 of the constitution obliges national government and provincial government to assist municipalities to perform their their functions through executive or legislative means. Now, in this case, I have been seconded to Kopano Municipality as an employee of COCTA, and along with me, uh, there are other colleagues. Uh, there is uh, the Chief Financial Officer, and nothing that has been seconded to the municipality in a capacity as acting Chief Financial Officer, and there is next Prince who has been seconded to fulfill the responsibility of acting corporate services manager. Now, part of the immediate challenges that we're looking into, Kathy, of the municipality was that there was absence of Section uh, 58, uh, Section 57 employees. Those are senior managers that would take the decision at an administrative level and guide the municipality towards financial stability, but Look also... Just in case, on hold. Uh, so, so uh, apol- apologies for that, Zolile. You can go ahead. Okay, sorry about that. All right. Uh, look, now, what, what, what COPTA is doing was to send the team, not, not, not with a vision of saying that they will do miracles, but with a, with a clear directive to say, establish structures, try to come up with a financial recovery plan, try to come up with an administrative recovery plan for the municipality. I, I, I've uh, appreciated some of the issues that were raised by Ndadechi Sazamatati as challenges to the municipality. But remember, Katie, some of the issues there have a symbiotic uh, relation and each of the matters influence one another. So, Zoli, I mean, b- before you go on, you okay. are saying that as the team that has been brought in to okay. stabilize the municipality, you found that there were positions of, of C at senior levels that were deliberately left vacant. Is that part of what has led to the, the municipality being in the financial state it's in? Actually, Katie, I was trying to come to what, what are the issues that contribute to the situation. Look, I wouldn't say they were deliberately left open, but the actions and the activities would have contributed to what that. The municipal manager, for, for starters, the contract came to an end, but there was no active pro- program to uh, fill the vacancy. And it becomes a critical position because, remember, the, medical ma- the municipal manager is the accounting officer of the municipality. And to an extent, you can see an act of negligence in not proactively uh, trying to address that situation. Look, I'm, I don't want to apportion blame to anybody, but I'm saying things could have been done better, you know. Secondly, Casey, uh, the, the, the problem is that, as the pieces have correctly said, we're sitting with a problem of a bloated staff structure within that municipality. By bloated staff structure, I'm saying the, comp- the cost of employee of the municipality, this is the budget, is sitting at an extremely alarming percentage. The national trend is that uh, the cost of employee should be somewhere between 20 and at the maximum 40%. For now, unfortunately, we're looking into a cost of employee that runs averagely into your 90, between 90 and 95%. Sure. And we say that's unsustainable for the municipality. Mm-hmm. All know? right. Zolila, I'm going to ask you to, to pause it there. 90% of the budget going towards salaries. That is that is incredulous. And, and one wonders why that is. Is it because, uh, you know, people are overpaid? 
uh, is there are there just too too many people employed by the municipality? That's something that we'll explore after the latest news headlines. Mpo, good morning. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation on the talking point. A municipal watch feature today, we're focusing on the Kopanong local municipality. Zolile Lobe is the acting municipal manager in that municipality. So Zolile, the reason why um, the budget is going, 90% of the budget is going towards um, paying people salaries. What have you found to, to be, why are salaries such a big driver of the budget? Okay, okay. Uh, look, first, first thing is that what we've established since we've moved into Kopano is that the employment of uh, the staff has not been done consistent with an approved staff structure. So what I'm saying, Kathy, is that the director slightly mentioned that, but stepped off it uh, too quickly. We established that you've got a situation where there would be more than one people employed at the same position, and the immediate our immediate intervention would be it, it, is, it is illegal to appoint let's say, a person to act in a position where there is a warm body. You know, that that's fair. And some of them would be as a result of a, maybe a political interference there and there. I'll make an example. Out of the nine towns that we've got in the municipality those are considered as a uh, business units so that there can be coordination because uh, Transvec, let's, let's say, for an example, is the headquarter thereof. Then you've got eight other towns. Now, in each of those, you would have appointed a person uh, recognized as the unit manager. But a long time, let's say, uh, there would be a relationship of either trust or conflict between political uh, leadership and such and such a person, then people would be moved around. But because legally, you can't move a person from their position and that affects their salaries. Then whoever would be acting there would be given an acting allowance. And we, we are saying, our recommendation is that we cannot do that. That's illegal. That's part of the, what, what we identify as the, as a threat within the, 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 the cost of employees, you know? Another crack, Katie, that we've identified as a part of the cost of employees would be a question of uh, the, the, the workers ex- uh, having excessive traveling allowance that is not, uh, has not been regulated. Mm. So you'd find that there were systems were not put into place to regulate and monitor how people account for their traveling expenses and all that. So we put in the, the Part of the systems that we are putting in is that before people travel, they must make a requisition and identify the purpose for what they are traveling. But but but, but, but one would think that that is the expectation in any workplace. The uh, reality is that uh, remember an expectation and what is being uh, in place mm-hmm. might might be relatively different. You know, yes, like you say, that would be that should be a, a normal good practice, but. That's part of the things, unfortunately, that we picked up as a contributing fact to your bloated staff structure and to your bloated cost of employees. So, so effectively, there are a lot of irregularities that exist administratively that yes. have drawn on the finances of the municipality, which is why you're now in a position to not pay salaries and you keep paying salaries late every month. That's, 
you, you summed it well, Katie. There, there were quite a lot of irregularities that came in with a huge financial impact to the municipality. And those, like it's correctly said, contributed directly towards uh, affecting us paying the salary. Let and me, now, let, 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 let me say earlier, Katie, that the impact thereof has got ripple effects. At one point, you don't, you are not in a position to pay salary, and then workers withdraw their participation, and that directly also influences our capacity to raise revenue. Because, like I'm saying, it's, it's, it's got a symbiotic uh, relation. Mm. So, like now, I'll make you a practical example. I'm saying the cost of the salary bill of the municipality is at 6.7 million. Our collection rate as a municipality, which is our basic source of income, sits at 2.5. So that gives you an unsustainable responsibility from the word go. All right. You know? All right. Zolila, I'm going to ask you to pause there. Silo okay. Tebe is the spokesperson for uh, the Cocta Department in the province. Silo, good morning. Good morning to uh, How do you respond um, to the situation in a municipality like Gobanong, already a very small municipality with very few resources that it's working with, but even the little they have has not been put to the best use of the municipality. Well, thank you very much for affording us as Cocta the opportunity to take South Africans into confidence about these matters and respond in, in a timely fashion, uh, and particularly yourselves for affording us this opportunity on this channel. I agree with the broad trust of what Datelo uh, De and Dr. Masati have said so far in terms of the diagnosis of the situation there. Datelo De has already referred to interventions that COPTA put in place. These are measures that the NEC Kodisidukwana put in place just a few months ago, and this is one of the reasons, by the way, why it is there. Um, obviously, there are systemic structural issues. Uh, that relate to the financing of municipalities, but that is also inextricably bound with the state of the local economy, uh, as he has explained that is in that lobby. If you look, for example, at Kopano, um, things like pay as you earn, uh, pension, retirement contributions, uh, they are spending that just in respect of Kopano, about 30 days, uh, is what, 184 uh, million rand. If you and if you compare that to Machaben, which is 4.1 million rand, and Mafube again, a very small municipality, 168 uh, million rand. So that really speaks to the uh, state of the economy in those particular areas. But obviously, the financial and fiscal commission and the whole um, system of or, or regime of funding municipalities needs to be brought into account. But most importantly, there already are systems in place. If you look at the municipal standard chart of accounts, um, it prescribes certain procedures, processes which municipalities must uh, undertake in order to ensure uh, limited resources notwithstanding that they do certain things right. Uh, just recently, um, the provincial treasury uh, of the Free State that is, released the status of municipal finances the first quarter from 1st of July 2022, 30th of September 2022. Just one in conclusion, one thing that they mentioned just in terms of non-compliance on the part of municipalities in the free state broadly uh, is that municipalities are not locking their adopted budgets or their financial systems at month end 
to ensure prudent financial management and to enforce municipalities to lock their budgets, they say, and close their financial system at month end 2022-2023. The local government portal will be locked at the end of each quarter. Now, that really speaks to a whole issue uh, of governance in, in, in that particular municipality of Kopanum, but broadly within the free state. There's a whole lot uh, that needs to be done. The MEC, for example, uh, convenes what's called MacLogger, which is a forum that brings together speakers, mayors, municipal managers, to talk concretely to these issues. And he always urges them to be responsive to things that people raise out there, taking into account, for example, this kind of conversation that we're having uh, here on SAFM about the state of Kopanum, but not least, of course, uh, other municipalities in the free state. Uh, so th- that is the problem, but we cannot attribute it to just one single thing, and there's no silver bullet solution. Uh, we need a, a very to take a whole some approach to this, uh, and a whole range of other things that need to be put in place. Um, I hope I'm answering your problem, uh, but I can go on uh, about other municipalities, not only um, sure, sure. but um, indeed Mangau, Machabing, mm. you know, that that is in excess of 20 billion rand. Uh, and featuring among those, according to this report, is Masilonyana, which is much smaller than all of the other municipalities, seven of them, uh, Masilonyana being the seventh, uh, that are listed here, um, amounts uh, totaling eight billion, eight, six billion, two billion, et cetera. But we need to really uh, respond to this concretely and in a timely fashion. All right. Let me take uh, some of the views from our callers. Neje, you're calling us from Bloom. Good morning. Okay, uh, good morning to you. Yes. Uh, and uh, your, your guest, uh, comrade, uh, a long time, uh, a long time, long talk. Yeah, uh, congratulations. Uh, Casey, I don't know, I will be out of rage if uh, I, talk, uh, I, I, I talk a little bit about uh, mindset in uh, Jagas. So you can go ahead. Yes, yes, you can, measure. You can. So, yeah, uh, issue of uh, mindset as uh, uh, it is a really uh, devastating, uh, which in the next future uh, our government uh, stepped in on, on the on the on the issue of uh, nationalisation uh, mind or uh, how to ensure people of Mzazi um, enjoy the, the benefit of uh, their minerals. Our country can uh, continue to produce uh, raw materials that enriches the the world and create jobs in other countries living without the people poor. The government is, is needed to, to restructuring the economy of Jagas uh, Fontaine. Uh, yes, in conclusion, uh, I would like to, uh, 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 to say uh, you and uh, your, 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 your FA staff, uh, your family, enjoy uh, Xmas and a uh, prosperous new year. Thank you very much from the Matikot. Thank you very much, Casey. All right, all right, Neje, Neje out in bloom. Achin, welcome. Good morning. Casey Ligas. Rona Ligai Achin. Hi, Sikona Kon. Go for it. Casey, what I'm saying is uh, this is a disgrace. I'm happy that parliamentary Utadu Uditebe is with you. I mean, he's commenting. What I would like to say, which he knows, is a sin. To have, to, to, 
to, to, to have your, your salaries more, for more than 29% in one municipality. It should not exceed 29%. What does this mean? It means the, the, the municipality together with the province are not doing their job because if at all you can have you 90 something percent to salaries is a sin is them who are not doing their job they are there they are just pointing fingers at people i'm saying this will not end now when will it end because i'm stacking to 29 percent should not be more you're absolutely right, Archie, and it's very hard to come back from a wage bill that takes away 90% of your budget. In order to turn it around, and bearing in mind some of the legal implications of those people that have been hired in those positions, very difficult. And there's parliamentary men who understand that. I don't say they should fire the employees. Mm. The province should take their task and the national should take their task because those people are there. We cannot say fire them to save the municipality funds. Okay. All right, Archie, let's leave it there for this morning. So, Zolile, then, what is the way forward, very briefly for me, in terms of um, the salaries of, of, of employees? What are you going to be doing to try and move this municipality into a better financial state? Okay, uh, thank you. I was actually going through that. That, that started from uh, maybe, maybe from uh, your last caller that came in to say, what do we do with the project structure? And it's illegal, yes, in principle, to affect people that would have been employed. But remember, in a situation where you can prove that the contribution towards either promotion or employing of those people was not done legally on its own, we are within our right to seek a declaratory order, and then we can address that. But look, that's, that's, that's the first thing. Secondly, we also say we need to do an audit of the staff that we've got. And the first point would be to have staff that is fit for purpose and staff that can contribute towards improving the performance of the municipality. Because we believe that the staff uh, remains a resource to the municipality, and through that resource, the municipality could generate uh, revenue if optimally used, you know. Two, we, we also say, look, as you acknowledge from the word go, the municipality is not in a position to sustain itself. So the best we're also going to do is always try to ensure that we receive the equitable share from a uh, national government and use that optimally. All the right. immediate challenge now, Katie, uh, just as we wrap up, is make it a point that we go into credible payment plans with the third party. Among them, those would be your from the from the workers' side, the the, the pension fund, the, the medical aid of uh, those, and our bulk service providers.
All right. Then through that, generate revenue. Thank Zolile, you. unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there for this morning. Uh, Zolani on Twitter says, Kathy, if we merge more municipalities, then we'll save, cut senior politicians and senior management salaries. One mayor, one municipal manager instead of two. Small municipalities don't have a case for existence. I wonder if that isn't one of the options that we should be putting on the table because, as you can see, so many municipalities have simply become a feeding trough um, for politicians and the network, the patronage networks that exist at a local level too. We leave it there on this Tuesday morning. Coming up is the book reading. Of course, the talking point back with you again tomorrow.